Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us all that once was good. And it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. That's right, it's the 30-something movie podcast, episode number 248. This time around, we are talking Tango and Cash. Uh, Tango and or Cash. Um, So... Let me just do our spiel real quick that we normally do, that we do spoil the movies we talk about, so just be aware of that. If we start talking about another movie that you have not seen yet and you don't want to hear anything about, just maybe skip ahead a little bit or come back to the podcast a little bit later. Uh, either way, we'll be here. We'll be waiting for you. It's okay. And uh, if you have not yet visited our website, 30podcast.com, that's a great way to find out more about our show. So please go there so that you can find out all the different ways that you can interact with the show and get um, you know listened to with, through whichever podcatcher you use um we were just having a discussion about that just before we started recording but um and then also leave us a review on itunes or wherever it is that you get your podcasts that's a great way of helping out the show uh is just leave us a review let us know what you're liking uh you can even let us know what you're not liking if there's some stuff that uh you would like to see us talk about or do on the show that we're not doing just let us know because we're happy to uh we're happy to take all that feedback and um consider it and maybe ignore some of it but maybe take some of it into consideration so uh i am your host john reed and i have with me tonight Bo. or sometimes we is it, are we still using love fest are we still okay with that i have no problem with it i i think maybe like one of the last episodes we forgot to call you love fest so well, you know as long as you're okay then we can yeah, we'll keep going i'm hanging in there i'm all right okay all right but you're doing all right today yep hanging in there excellent uh we also have with us a pat canagala hey hey we have a pat how are you doing pat? doing well how are you doing Doing all right. Doing all right. We're winding down. We're, we all work at schools. And so that school year is just, you know, by the time people listen to this episode, school will be done because we are recording some of these ahead of time. So we can uh, get a few in the can, as they say. So before we go off on our uh, our first couple weeks or so of summer vacation. In terms of new movie news, uh, it, it doesn't seem like there was a whole lot going on this week. Some of the stuff that I found um, movie news wise was something that I mean, it was different things that have been going on for the last couple weeks. I guess one of the biggest ones was they announced who's going to be playing the next batman did you guys have a chance to see that Mm-mm. i did I not know. man okay so apparently uh robert pattinson from the twilight movies is going to be your next bruce wayne batman hmm. interesting wait 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 so, say uh, that again who is uh robert pattinson from the twilight movies huh and a lot of people have responded very negatively as you would expect mm-hmm to the casting they're like he doesn't look anything like a batman he's not big enough to be a batman and i I just i I keep sitting there thinking well uh michael keaton Mm -hmm. michael keaton is in no way shape or form big enough to be a batman if you want to you know if you're comparing it to like the size of what ben affleck looked like when he was batman yeah and you know what let's be honest i mean when daniel craig came out they said oh my god he's blonde Mm-hmm. You can't have a blonde bond. I mean, it's, you know, uh, Robert Pattinson. Uh, well, actually, you um, you Pat, because I, 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 I don't know if, if you've seen the Twilight movies. 
I have not. Okay. But you know what? Come to think of it, I think I remember you. Um, I was hearing something about like the guy from Twilight is the one that's going to be the new uh, Batman. Yeah, yeah. You would remember him. Um, he played Cedric Diggory in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I know. All right. I mean, he was much younger at the time. That he was, mm-hmm. I think, he's still a teenager. I think in that, and he's in his thirties now. But yeah. All right. So, so that's the person that's going to be Batman. I will. I I'll admit. I I don't. I don't think I've seen a lot of his. I still haven't even seen Goblet of Fire yet because we're still reading that book, so we haven't watched the movie yet. But I tried to look and see if I've seen any of his other movies. I've never watched any of the Twilight movies. Um, I I don't think I've ever seen any of his movies. Hmm. So I have nothing to. So I, I'm not going to jump in and and you know criticize anything and say he he'll be a horrible Batman because. I've never watched him act. I just know, you know, when people make fun of the Twilight movies on the internet, I, I know those memes and I know some of the other stuff, but I've never seen the guy act before. So I, I don't think I'm going to jump in and, and criticize because I, I, I remember when Heath Ledger was announced as the Joker. And my first thought was, wait a minute, the Knight's Tale guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. that Joker, and I, So that kind of, and I was proven like every time a new picture or trailer came out, I was very much proven wrong with that one. So I would be happily proven wrong with this one too. I, I just don't know enough about him to make any kind of comment one way or the other as to whether he's going to be a good Batman. And as we kind of know, you can take somebody who looks nothing like the character. And once you get him in the costume and once you get him in the movie, then that person becomes the character. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the guy you referenced, Michael Keaton, I mean, think of the, you know, now we're sitting here saying, my gosh, that guy can play anybody. You know, I was just listening mm-hmm. to the podcast where we were saying he was Ray Kroc and he's the guy from Spotlight and he's Beetlejuice and he's, it's like, you know, what we're doing is, or we're being the people criticizing it. They're looking at an actor that's played one role and said, oh, well, he can't play any other role. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. The only other thing that I had was um, there was a comic book that was released a while ago. Um, I'm forgetting when the comic book was, but, uh, did you guys ever, and I've never seen this one either. This is, this is kind of my, um, I used to be a huge, huge Quentin Tarantino fan. And then after a while, I just kind of dropped off the radar with watching some of his movies. And so I never saw Django Unchained. Have you guys seen that one? Oh yes. I have not. Okay. I, I need oh, to. I have not yes. Okay. So apparently a little while ago they did, uh, cause the time period is about the same. They did a comic book in which Django teams up with Zorro. Oh my gosh. That would be outstanding. And now apparently they're making a movie of Django Zorro. Wait a minute. Who's making the movie? Uh, this was trying to find, um, I don't know if he will be making it. Um, yeah, they don't have a director yet. They're just saying that they've got a script. Um, they've got a script that's being worked on and I think that's about it. Wow. Yeah. They're basing it off of the comic book, but I don't think Quentin Tarantino will be directing it. They don't say anything about a director, but, uh, this just came out this morning. So interesting. Yeah. So it'll be a a Django Zorro team up. Well, that's really interesting because, you know, you take a Quentin Tarantino character and put him in something else. That'll be, you know, and maybe it's one of those sort of like Dust Till Dawn where they, you know, team the directors up. and Right. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. So, so that could be fun. All right. You guys have anything else news-wise? That's about all I had. That's it, man. Yeah, I got nothing. Okay. 
All right. Uh, well, let us hop in the DeLorean and head back to this week in 1989. So um, this week, uh, we're, we're looking at roughly the week of June 19th to the 25th, 1989. I really couldn't find a whole lot of events that happened this week, other than on June 23rd, the aforementioned Batman starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson was released. Okay. So the Batman premiere was June 23rd, and uh, apparently during its first week, it did it was not top of the box office. I, from what I could tell, Ghostbusters 2 was top for about a week, and then Batman came out, and then after that, Batman just ran with it for I don't even remember how many weeks. Right. So, so that's the only thing I could find. There were a couple other things, but they weren't really major enough to mention, you know, here on the podcast. But uh, so that's that's all I got for this time. The top book, top book. Uh, there I went Scottish for a second. The top book. Um, <laughs> it's a one uh, one. I know I, you can. Uh, the top book is the Russia House by John Le Carre. The top movie was Ghostbusters Two, as I said, and the top song was "I'll Be Loving You Forever" by New Kids on the Block. <laughs> That's outstanding. They had the right stuff. All right. Are we ready to tango? Yes. All right. Let's tango. The title of this one is Tango and Cash. It came out on the 22nd of December, 1989, rated R, with a runtime of one hour and 44 minutes. Uh, if you ask my lovely wife, that was one hour and 45 minutes too long. Uh, the director the director was Andre, well, one of the directors, there's a bit of a story behind this, and I'll, hopefully I'll say his name right, was Andre Konchalovsky. Um, and then he was replaced, apparently he was replaced by several people, but he was ultimately replaced by the uncredited director, Albert Mag Magnoli. Uh, Konchalovsky also did movies called Duet for One and The Inner Circle. Uh, Magnoli did Purple Rain and an episode of Nash Bridges, the TV series. Uh, producers on this one were Peter Goober and John Peters. Goober did Batman, Clue, and Inner Space, and Peters did Batman, Man of Steel, and both versions of A Star is Born. What a Goober. What a goober. Uh, writers for this one were Randy Feldman, uh, who also did Metro and Nowhere to Run. Cinematography was done by Donald E. Thorin, who died in 2016. He did Midnight Run and The Golden Child. Music was done by Harold Faltermeyer, who did The Running Man, Beverly Hills Cop, and Top Gun. Kind of the, the, the sound of the 80s kind of action cop movie there. Uh, budget was 55 million. Box office was 63.4 million. Uh, the reviews, nah, depending on who you look at, not so kind for this one. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 31%. The Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it a 52%. IMDb gives it a 64. Letterboxd gives it a 62. And CinemaScore gives it a B plus. So those are kind of all over the place. I was going to say the CinemaScore, I mean... Is CinemaScore the one that if it's a B, that's kind of a low-end thing? Or is that like CinemaScore is kind of the toughest one? Well, no. CinemaScore is uh, CinemaScore is when people are uh, surveyed as they're leaving the theater. That's right. So sometimes you might go to a theater and they might give you a little survey just to ask you how what you'd score the movie or what grade you would give the movie. Um, I, I've never been to one of the theaters where they do that. But uh, I've seen it a couple of times where they'll where they'll do something like that. And that's the one where people are just asking for – they're being asked for a grade after – immediately after having seen the movie. So did they so sometimes those sometimes those can tend to be a little bit higher, especially if it's, you know, because you gotcha. know if you've gone to see the movie, that's you had a reason for going to see it. You are the target audience most likely. Um so I feel like sometimes, especially with action movies, things like that, that would get a low critic score, you're gonna get a little slightly higher cinema score for that. Right. So did they do this back in the day? Cinema score? Yeah. Yeah. Cinema score has been going since the mm, at least the mid to late seventies might be early seventies. Got it. So, I um, mean, it's a stupid question on my part because it's like, they, it's not like they're, they're, you know, 
checking what people think of the movies now. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, they mm-hmm. had to have been doing it back in the day. It's just cool that they've got that and they've moved it online and all that right. kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I don't know for certain, but there's a whole bunch of other, if, you know, if, if I was independently wealthy, there's a bunch of other websites that give all kinds of other kind of movie theater, movie, uh, like data and metrics and all kinds of other stuff, like other places that are like cinema score on steroids, or you can get a, a premium account with cinema score and they'll give you all kinds of different numbers for demographics and things like that. So yeah, they've, they've taken all their stuff historically and they've made at least the, the score part of it available for anybody who wants to look at it online. Cool. But yeah, so those cinema scores, when you look at that, that's um, my understanding of it is that's the score it was given at the time. So when people went to go see it in December of 89, um, this was the score they were giving it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, which is why I was going to kind of, I was I was curious now that you, you say that, um, I was going to be curious to see, because we kind of had a, a, a little discussion about that um, a little while back. Yeah. Um, so when you look at, you know, what we were talking before about uh, Star Wars Episode One. Mm-hmm. And people go to the Phantom Menace and you come out, you're like, oh, man, that was awesome. And then you, you know, leave the theater. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, you know, one of your buddies is like, well, the political stuff was really lame. Mm-hmm. Right. And Jar Jar okay. was, was stupid. So if you go on to CinemaScore, uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace has an A minus. Okay. So it's the immediate initial reaction of people who saw the movie. And so gotcha. you, you had people who were Star Wars fans going to see that movie, walk out and just be like, are you kidding? That was amazing. That was. Yeah. So, so those are some of the ones, you know, over time, the Rotten Tomatoes score can change because you'll have new users come in who maybe ha- are watching it for the first time on DVD or Netflix or something like that. Gotcha. And so it may be people watching an older movie that doesn't stand up quite as well. Got it. And they're giving it a score based on watching it in 2019 when it came out in 1989. And they're like, well, this is stupid. This is, you know, action movies are way better today. And Right. Whereas Cinema Score is, that's the score it was given at the time. So okay, so here's uh, here's our, our cast of this uh, of this movie was Sylvester Stallone playing Lieutenant Raymond Tango. He was in the Rocky movies and Demolition Man. Uh, Kurt Russell played Lieutenant Gabriel Cash. He was in Tombstone and Escape from New York. Terry Hatcher played Catherine Kiki Tango. She was in Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman and Desperate Housewives. Jack Palance, who died in 2006, played Eve Perret. He was in Batman at City Slickers and Shame. Uh, Brian James, who died in 1999, played Requin. He was in Blade Runner and The Fifth Element. James Hong played Quan. He was in Big Trouble Little China and Blade Runner. Mark Alamo, uh, I think that's how you say his name, played Lopez. He was in Total Recall and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Robert Zadar, was, uh, he died in 2015. He played Face. He was in the Maniac Cop movies and Samurai Cop. And Clint Howard played Slinky. He was in Apollo 13 and Cocoon. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a second. Tell you one thing, whoever set us up is really connected. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Relax, soak, and don't flatter yourself. Meet Ray Tango. He likes money. He's a Kong. He's a go. But doesn't bother with cash. Meet Gabe Cash. He won't dance around trouble and doesn't mind stepping on toes. I hate you karate guys. Two of L.A.'s top rival cops are having a good time staying in rhythm. You know me, huh? Yeah, I hear you're the second best cop in L.A. That's funny. I hear the same thing about you. 
But they're going to have to work together, even if it kills them. Like now! We'll take it. No, that's one of a kind. We won't put a scratch on it. Did you sleep with my sister? I was so drunk, I honestly, I don't remember, okay? Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. <laughs> Tango and Cash. Okay, so first question to get this one out of the way. Is this the first time anybody had seen this movie? Yeah, it was the first time for me. Okay. I had seen it before, but I don't know that... I mean, maybe I've watched it once cover to cover. Um, well, no, not maybe. I've seen it once cover to cover, but I've seen bits and pieces of it throughout. Okay, all right. And this was the first time watching it for me. So we're all, we're all fairly newbies at this one. Yes. So, uh, so Bo, let's start with you. So first time you're watching it, what's your kind of initial take on it all? I had fun with it. I. I tend to like the buddy cop genre in general. Um, so, you know, low bar, low, uh, low expectations, maybe. Um, it was fun. You know, I enjoyed it. There was some, it's, you know, you read about the directorial changes and all the goofiness and you can see where that caused some issues. Oh yeah. There's definitely some clunky moments at, well, throughout the movie, really, things that don't connect properly. There's not a through line in a lot of places. But all in all, I enjoyed it. It's not, you know, the greatest piece of filmmaking ever, but it was a fun story, and they blew some stuff up. Yeah. All right, Pat, what about you? Um, I'd seen it before, and I remember, you know, I liked it a whole bunch. And so in watching it again this time, I mean, my initial reaction is, okay, I, I mean, it's it's a pat movie. I mean, I'm just like this is <laughs> this is pretty unbelievable. This is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first started watching it, I'll be honest with you, uh, it was the scene with the where he's going, he's chasing the truck, and I'm like, did I miss something? Did I like bump the little scroll button on the bottom of the phone? Did I like? I felt like I had jumped 20 minutes into the movie because there was like very little development of everything. It was like right into he's shooting up the truck, and then it was like, nope, this is the first 30 seconds of the movie. Okay, well, of course that makes sense because this is just going to be this kind of a movie. It's just going to be straight up action. And of course, he's got a little 38 snub nose that he's like shooting this truck at, you know, a thousand yards and hitting it dead center. And of course, they hit the brakes and the guys go flying through the windshield like it's plate glass and not, you know, I mean, okay, I know, I, I know what I'm in for. And um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was uh, definitely, uh, de definitely just a, just an action movie. Um, and it's interesting, I'll get into more in-depth thoughts later, but it's interesting you mentioned the different directors. I hadn't heard that, uh, until you guys mentioned it, you know, a few minutes ago, but as I was watching it, it, it's kind of seemed like, okay, what is this? Is this a cop movie? Oh no, it's a prison break movie. Oh no, it's a, it's trying to be a, this kind of movie. Oh, wait a minute. And then, then at the end they get the, you know, the, the crazy truck with all the, hardware on it oh so that's the kind of movie it's going to be it it definitely did seem to jump from you know like what it was trying to be uh you know as i was watching it so but a lot of fun you know good good action movie good shoot em up yeah yeah and that was something i noticed right away even before um because i didn't look up anything about the director changes until after i'd already watched the movie and it, but it made total sense you know it, it, i felt exactly kind of the way you did was i was like oh okay so it's a it's a buddy cop movie 
I like a good 80s buddy cop movie. Oh, they're in jail now. It's a jailbreak movie. Okay. So now it's a jailbreak movie. And then, you know, at, at different times, it's like, oh, okay. So he's in this uh, kind of this warehouse space and they're making weapons. So it's kind of a James Bond spy. This guy's like Q mm-hmm. and um, it's a James Bond movie. And then you get towards the end and it's like, okay, well, we got the car with all the gadgets. And so it's kind of a, it's a James Bond, but then it also feels a little bit like raw deal. And, you know, so I'm, I'm like pulling all these different movies out of my head and I'm, and I'm like, I'm thinking about it, like, you know, this really is like, it sounds like it's trying to be a little bit of a, well, especially with their banter back and forth, it's trying to be a lethal weapon movie. Oh, I mean, but it's the not banter, quite a lethal weapon movie. Yeah, I mean, the banter back and forth right down to uh, Kurt Russell's hair was like completely the Martin Riggs hairstyle mm-hmm. from the original Lethal Weapon. Which, so then when I looked up some more of it, that apparently he was offered the role of Riggs in Lethal Weapon first. Ah. And then he turned it down. And so when the chance came up, this was his opportunity. Um, originally in this movie, I think it was going to be, so it was always, I think, going to be Sylvester Stallone. So it was Sylvester Stallone. I think originally they had um, the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. So they were buddies at the time and business partners and all that. So it was a way for them to be in a movie together. And then Arnold either didn't want to do it or couldn't do it. And so then apparently they had offered it to Patrick Swayze. Okay. And Patrick Swayze was supposed to be um, the cash character up until I think even just a, a few weeks, if not like a week or so before the movie was going to start filming. And then he dropped out to go do the movie Roadhouse, which we're going to be doing in a few weeks. Okay. Um, and so then they kind of grabbed Kurt Russell at the last minute and Kurt Russell was like, okay, well, I was almost cast in uh Lethal Weapon, so I'm just going to treat this kind of like the character I would have done in Lethal Weapon. So I, I think the directors got that kind of vibe, and that's kind of what he brought to it as well. And the original director apparently was fired because he wanted the movie to be more serious. Okay. Like he wanted to have a little bit of a darker tone, a more serious tone. And the producers just kept saying, nope, we want it, you know, we want humor, we want comedy. Um, so we don't like the way you're doing this. So they fired him. Uh, I think it had been filming for at least a couple of months when they fired him. And then it was just kind of a rotating door of different directors. I think the one of the cinematography folks or second unit directors took over for a while and then somebody else took over. And then the the guy who ended up finishing it took over and it, it went crazy over budget. And, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those stories of the movie started filming before they had a finished script and there were actor changes and then there were director changes. And I think that they finished editing the movie I want to say like a week before it was to be released in theaters. So it just sounds like they, this was a big old hot mess. Yeah, it it almost had little of that. Uh, what was that group that did Superman four and and? Uh, yeah, Canon films. Yeah, it it almost had a little bit of that to it. It. I always feel like um, sometimes, especially back in the eighties, uh, John Peters, one of the producers on this one. There's a there's a thing that Kevin Smith from Clerks and Mallrats mm-hmm. um, is a thing that he always does in, in one of his uh, live shows that he used to do, where he would talk about being brought in to do a version of a script for a Superman movie. Okay. And he talks about meeting, I think, meeting with John Peters as one of the producers, and this is before um, this is before Superman Returns came out. So this is you kind of talking late '90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And he always tells the story about, yeah, and, and, and John Peters kept telling me, you know, we want Superman to to use guns and we don't want him to be able to fly. And we want there to be like a giant spider monster. 
and we want there to be this kind of stuff and we want there to be like this you know giant kryptonian tiger that he rides and just all these crazy things holy he-man batman well, yeah, it is. It sounds like a combination of He-Man and, and some other stuff. And and then he finishes off by saying, you know, and, and I, I tried to give him a script and they didn't like it because it didn't incorporate the weird, goofy crap that he wanted to have in this movie. Um, and then he said, when they turned down my script, next thing I know, they're not making a Superman movie. You know, that's back in in development limbo. But he goes, then I went to go see the movie Wild Wild West, okay. <laughs> which is produced by John Peters. And there's like a giant mechanical spider monster. And it's like, he just, he had that on his mind. And so obviously he was just looking for a movie to put it in. That's hilarious. But it does. It's like a lot of this movie, there were portions in this movie and I'm watching it. I'm just going, this feels very much like a Canon film. Yeah. You know, Canon was, was pretty much done at this point in the eighties, but um, this really had a feel of like very similar to, you know, some of the Delta force and some of the other ones we've talked about the, you know, had some moments where it felt like a Superman four or a masters of the universe. And right. yeah. So I, to kind of break down the, the parts that I, I will say, you know, just to, to kind of jump in, I, I will say that there were parts of this movie that were fun, mm-hmm. but sadly for me, the parts of the movie that were fun were outweighed by the parts of the movie that I felt should have been more fun. Okay. Like I'm not I don't want to say that I dislike the movie. It just a lot of it fell very flat for me. You know, if, if I'm if I'm sitting there and I'm watching an action movie and I want to see stuff blow up and all that, that's totally fine. I, I can sit there and I can do all that. But just the you know, part of the story as as I'm sitting there, it takes me out of the movie a little bit when I'm sitting there going, well, okay, wait a minute, what kind of movie is this now? So we've got all right, they're buddy cops, they're in jail, now they're getting out of jail, now they're doing this, now okay, all right. Well, I, I guess I can keep up with most of that. Mm-hmm. But their their banter back and forth because I sat there comparing it the whole time to something like a Lethal Weapon, um, or some of the other buddy cop movies we've watched, and it just it wasn't. There were some funny parts, but it was just very clunky to me. Got it. And I don't know if that was their performances. I don't know if that was the writing. I, I don't know what part of that that was, but it was like I, I was seeing scenes of Sylvester Stallone trying to deliver kind of like these one line zingers. And and I'm just sitting there thinking, you know what? I Arnold Schwarzenegger does this much better. Yeah, it, it was almost like timing was a little off or something. Yeah. yeah. So I, I will say he fixed his timing by the time he got to Demolition Man, but it was a little rough in this one. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of my initial take on the movie and, and kind of my my thing with this one is just I I was excited for this one. I remember seeing this one before, seeing like the the cover of the DVD or the VHS um, back in the day. And I remember thinking, well, I, I like all the Rocky movies. I usually like Sylvester Stallone. I, I like Kurt Russell movies. Um, you know, I, this should be a lot of fun. The, the villain's a good villain. So let's see how it goes. And it just kind of, I, I really wanted to enjoy it more than I did. I guess Got it. where I'm going to, where I'm going to take that. So. Get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Did anybody else kind of feel the same thing with like the acting part of it? The acting part of it, it just kind of threw me off it, because I still think, I think Kurt Russell did a great job, you know, acting wise. I think that for the most part, Sylvester Stallone did an okay job with the acting of it. But just the two of them together, I don't know if it was that the two of them were too, hmm. Maybe it was, maybe it was egos that were too big to be buddies. Yeah. yeah, it was it was odd. The interaction was always weird. They became friends too fast, but then they weren't really friends. It was 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess, you know, Kurt Russell did the thing that Kurt Russell does best. Sly Stallone, you know, was doing his thing, but it, I don't know. It's it's like the chemistry just wasn't necessarily there. And yeah. I mean, I'm not an actor, so I don't know. But I, I mean, I can understand that chemistry isn't something you either got it or you don't. But that cycles back to your comment, John, I think, where these it didn't seem like they were being you know, guided in terms of, no, I want you to say it like this. I want you to go here. I want you to do that. You know, they, they weren't receiving much and maybe they were, and it just wasn't very good advice, but they weren't, it didn't seem like they were receiving much direction that they could, uh, that they could follow just with the timing of the lines and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. And if you had multiple directors, that's probably why. Yeah. Right. Just no consistency. Excuse me. Yeah. Because I mean, but, I enjoy. Oh, I was. I'm sorry. I was just going to say. I mean, I enjoyed watching Slice Alone. I enjoyed watching mm-hmm. Kurt Russell. It's just that they didn't necessarily fit together. Go yeah. ahead. I didn't mean to cut across you. No, no, no. I was just going to say the the one thing that I did enjoy, just because it made me think of all the other '80s movies that are like this, was the music. Yes. Yeah, My, they had fun with that. Yeah, music is fun. I mean, it made me think of all the other buddy cop movies, or that you know, it made me think of the. Billy Hills Cop and, and all those other ones that he's done. So yeah, that part, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It sounds like the yeah, other you're stuff. You're not going to go wrong with uh, with him doing the music. That's for no. sure. And who did the music? Faltermeyer. I just broke up. Who did? Harold Faltermeyer. Oh, okay. Same one who did like Running Man and Beverly Hills Cop, and he did a bunch of the movie. Okay, well that makes sense yeah. because I mean it did have that kind of like keyboard electronic synthesizer kind mm-hmm. of, but mm-hmm. it was a very kind of a, a, a tough sounding theme. It wasn't like a happy go lucky thing. It was, it was kind of a driving kind of intense theme. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I had a couple of little things in here that I'd found looking through the IMDB, uh, just kind of like some of the background trivia. Uh, when Tango and Cash escape from the prison, Cash turns to Tango and asks if he stopped for a coffee and a Danish. And Tango says, I hate Danish. Uh, and they said that that's that's actually an in joke referring to Sylvester Stallone's recent divorce from the Danish actress Brigitte Nielsen. Huh. Huh. There was a few. Um, there was a few little. Uh, I like the Rambo one. Rambo's. At the a yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had some fun with that for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you guys notice the sound effects of the truck at the end of the movie? Not that it. No. Nothing out of the ordinary. Anything, yeah. Okay. the The sound that the truck makes when it's driving around is the same as Luke Skywalker's land speeder. Yeah. Really? That's cool. Yeah. There were a couple of times where I felt like I heard a, you know, when something would explode or there were sparks or something like that in that end scene where they're driving the truck around. Right. I felt like it was a, I either it was either like a, a X-wing uh, blaster shot or a Tie Fighter blaster shot right. or, or something. But it sounded like I, there were a few times I heard sound effects. And I'm like, ah, I think they just lifted that from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go back and listen now. So when I looked it up, it, it did Skywalker say yeah. When he, sound when he's, do the. Maybe they must have. Yeah. I didn't look that far into the credits, but yeah, they must have done some of the sound for it. Because there were, I, I could tell there were a few sound effects that had been used that were either Star Wars or familiar sci-fi sound effects. Yeah. And that's what kind of what led me to the same kind of conclusion as what you said, Pat, was this really has the feel of a canon film. Yeah. And maybe it's just the, because the canon films were so haphazard and so slapped together sometimes and... You know, you, you start filming before you've even written down a script. You just had an idea that you wrote on a napkin, and that's what we started filming. Um, I think that's maybe why that why it has that kind of a vibe to it. Is just because that's how we're making make films. Yes, I don't understand. <laughs> well, 
in this case, it turned out to be a bad way to make a film. All right, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> if, uh, if, if a Steven Spielberg or a, somebody else, if if they want to sit down and do it and and reveal to the world, well, I, you know, if the uh, if the um, what are the name, the Russo brothers, if they want to come out and say, hey, you know, Infinity War and Endgame, we just kind of wrote those down on a napkin and we just shot it as we went. Mm-hmm. If they want to come out and reveal that, that that's a totally perfect way for them to make a movie. Right. Okay. For this team to make a movie this way did not work out for them. So uh, before we go to our five questions, anybody else have anything you want to say about this one? Uh, the only other thing I was going to say about this one is, you know, and I, I don't want to just, I, I, I don't want to badmouth it because I honestly was torn. I mean, I was watching it and I'm like, this is, this is excellent. I could just sit here and watch this stuff. I mean, it's like drinking, it's sitting out on a hot day and drinking lemonade. You yeah. Know? I, mean, I mean, they're blowing stuff up. They're escaping oh, yeah. from prison. It's it, fun. It, it's exactly. And I mean, it's like, you know. You wish you were that cool. You know, yeah, that we, can, we, we can't we can't find the evidence. Oh, really? Kabang. Oh, okay, he shoots a hole, and then the stuff starts pouring out. And then, you know, and this probably gets into some of the stuff we were talking about before, but it seems like, is it's snowing out on the highway. Oh, hey. it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, uh, 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 you know, the fight in the prison, and somehow, you know, the guys are in there, and, and uh, you know, the fight as he's jumping off the, you know, they ride the wire out of prison. I, you know, it was just it was just really fun to watch, and like you were referencing, John, that that um, soundtrack. Which okay, that guy, you know, wrote a lot of the action things and all that. That being said, I could it definitely felt like, you know, for me checking the boxes. Okay, we got the cool keyboard melody kind of theme. Check. All right, some crazy one liners. Check. Okay, every problem can be solved with a gun, a high five, or flooring that you know hitting the throttle all the way to the stop or some combination of the three you know i mean it was uh and it's it's interesting especially as we move the movies into the 90s and we start talking about how trends change it'll be interesting to to note like how the action movies really change you know what i'm saying i mean because like i was watching this and i'm like man this makes me think of the 80s now whether it's a good one or a bad one or whatever okay this fight fits right in with die hard and commando and you know all those different action movies and it's sort of like okay i'll be interested to see the trend kind of change you know like like how it shifts because do you get what i'm saying oh yeah Mm -hmm. i mean you know just here's another example and i'm not going to do any spoilers because i haven't seen the movie but uh before we went out um and saw the avengers endgame everyone's like oh you got to get out to captain marvel and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to get out to Captain Marvel. Oh, you're going to have to get out and see Captain Marvel. Otherwise, it, it, you know, you got to see it before Endgame. And I said, and the person was giving me a hard time. So I said, how about this? I'm going to imagine that Captain Marvel is some kind of a ordinary human being slash, you know, kind of down on their luck slash nothing spectacular is happening. Then they're going to go through some sort of a training session slash uh, you know, they discover some secret power slash finding some talisman or developing a technology that's going to help them either a combat an evil from their past, an evil that's threatening the planet, or some combination of above. They're going to conquer one of their fears and be victorious and fight for good. And the person, whoever I was, the person I was talking to, gave me this look like, "Okay, jerk, whatever," and walked away. <laughs> but I mean, the point is, it doesn't make it a bad movie. But we're kind of in this superhero trend right now where you know, everything is starting to fit into a mold. And and it's fun to kind of watch that with the action movies of the 80s and just see them, okay, yep, I know what's coming next because 
I've, you know, I've seen this before. Yeah, they're buddies. They're going to rip on each other the entire time, but they're going to come together at the up. Oh, there's the high five. Yep. There we go. We're good. So that's just, it, it, I don't know, in a way it's almost comforting because you, you know, it's why maybe people watch old Westerns or why people watch soap operas or what, you know, you know, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, and, and for me, the, the action part of this, I, I totally agree. The action part, that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Like the, the explosions, if you're wanting to watch an action movie, then this is a great one. There's, I mean, there's inexplicable sparks flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's explosions, there's gunfights, there's all kinds of stuff. So yeah, if you're, if you're looking for that, this is a great movie for that. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think for me, it was just the, the breakdown in the camaraderie between the two of them, that just that banter back and forth. And to me, that's just such a huge part of the buddy cop movie that if you don't get that part right, then the rest of it's just going to feel off. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Right. All right. Well, I don't know if I'm ready for five questions because I still haven't quite figured out my answer to number one, but are we ready for five questions? Oh, I think we got to be. Okay. Pat, are you ready for okay. question number four? Um, I am prepared. I've got my okay. number one answer, and then I got a bunch of other things that I'm just going to throw out it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's go on for our five questions then. Five questions. He asks each traveler five questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. You've got to ask yourself one question. What are you asking me for? I don't know. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. And may God have mercy on your soul. So five questions. If you have not listened to us before, um, what we do is every episode we try to do five questions that are loosely based on the movie that we're talking about or whatever our topic is this time. So our five questions are going to be loosely based on either the uh, movie Tango and Cash or something related to something that happened in the story or the actors or whoever it might be. So uh, feel free if you hear, if you listen to our responses to the five questions and you want to tweet out your own or email us or call our voicemail line and offer your own responses to the five questions. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, get in touch with us and um, you know, all the ways you can get in touch with us through our website, 30 podcast.com. But uh, we've got that voicemail line too. So if you want to call in, leave us a message, we'll be happy to we'll listen to it. And we'll respond to it on one of our future shows. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you'd like to get in on the answering of the five questions with us. All right. So five questions this time around uh, question. Number one, if you were going to prison, who would be your nightmare cellmate? Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, good answer. He'd be fun for like an hour. Um, uh, not even that. No, I think you can get a solid hour out of him as long as you could steer his okay. banter. But yeah, I think I guess he not. would just eventually not shut up and you would mm-hmm. have to do something about it. <laughs> True. Yeah. Can you imagine him as a cellmate with Leo Getz? It's funny because Leo was on my list. Like, okay, like, yeah, he was kind of on my list too. Who would drive me absolutely bat spit crazy? Mm -hmm. There it goes, Mister Godfrey himself. All right, Pat. Um, I don't. You know what? Uh, The Michael Douglas character from the one where he and his wife were trying to like just destroy each other's lives. um, uh, War of the Roses. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. War of the Roses. Um, anybody from the movie Sex, Lies, and Videotape? 
<laughs> um, I'm so mad I missed that one. I'm going to have to listen to Pat's take on that. Oh, dear Lord. I, um, you know, like anybody from there, that would be kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I think that's the list. Because I, I, I don't know. I can kind of like, I can kind of, I mean, I can get along with just about anybody. So unless we're, and I know we're trying to keep it family friendly. So unless it's something like, you know, like <clears throat> particularly bad or whatever, but if it's just someone that's annoying, like, I, I don't know. I, I think I could pretty much, you know, roll with most, but I, I would just say, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll stick with that answer. You know, anybody from sex lies and videotape, um, the, the people from wars of roar of the roses, not Danny DeVito. He was pretty cool. Yeah, I, mean, I can yeah. hang with Danny DeVito. But uh, I, I would. Th- there's my answer. I'm going to stick with it. Five questions. I got to keep it flowing. There's okay. my answer. Okay. All right. All right, John. What about you? You toiled with this one. I know, and I've been trying to think about this one. And I was trying to think: Do I go with like the the like psychopath that you'd least like? Would it be like a, a Hannibal Lecter that you? Just, well, I guess you wouldn't last long with Hannibal Lecter in there. Um, you know, I was trying to figure that. Is it somebody obnoxious? So I think. And and I, one of my characters that I was I was thinking of from a movie or a TV show, I was going off of because I looked at something earlier on the Phantom Menace. I was thinking like Jar Jar. Okay. Mm. Jar Jar would not Solid. be a great cellmate to be in there with because you know he's going to talk your ear off. You know he's going to be ridiculously optimistic the entire time. The other part of it though is he is so clumsy and that it works out for him that maybe you end up breaking out and he doesn't have to be your cellmate for long. Mm, so working. That was one of my thoughts. Um, the other one that I thought of is uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, okay, there you go. solid. Because I have said several times that as much as I enjoy maybe like five minutes of that voice that he does when he does most of his characters, I can't handle much more than about five minutes of it. So if I had to be stuck with, oh, no, 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 I've got my answer. Forget it. Never mind. Okay. Okay. Woody Allen. Uh, Woody Allen. Okay. I can't stand Woody Allen. I don't like Woody Allen movies. I can't stand his whole anxious nervousness thing. It drives me absolutely nuts. So Woody Allen would be my nightmare cellmate. And you don't like any of his movies? You know, I I remember as a kid, my dad watching the movie Sleeper. Okay. And I remember thinking that one was kind of funny, but I, I haven't gone back to rewatch it since I was a kid. But I've tried to watch some of his other movies and. If it's a movie where he doesn't really feature very heavily in it, then it's okay. But as soon as it's one of his movies where he's one of the main actors, then I just, I can't have anything to do with it. Okay. Got it. It just, it just bothers me so much. Okay. So you just need to watch like Midnight in Paris or something and then you're okay. If, if that, sure. Yeah. If have he's not seen, in that, if he's not in that one very much, then no, I don't think he's in it at all. Okay, good. Yeah. I, 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 I hesitate to, I hesitate to commit. To saying he's not in it at all, but in my head he's not. Okay. And he all did right. that movie, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. You've never seen that, John? No, I've not. Oh, Bo, have you seen it? Never the whole thing. It's oh. I, I I say this in in a strange, um, not to equate them to each other on purpose. Okay. But, <laughs> um. I've seen it about the same way I had seen Casablanca until this podcast. I've seen it in bits and pieces because it's on, but never start to finish. And there are probably scenes I've never seen, but I've seen it. If that makes any sense at all. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. 
Question number two. Uh, this movie used a lot of giant fans. Some of the prisons, some of the nightclub. What's the best use of a large industrial fan in a movie? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Ah, that's a good one. That's on my list. Mm. It's not my it's not my number one, but it was on my list. Uh, Pat, Pat, what are you, what are you a big fan of? What fans are you a big fan? Of? I, uh, you know what? I'm going to have to hear some lists to really get into it. I mean, the only thing I could think of was like, and this isn't like a big industrial fan, but the only thing I couldn't, I, the only thing I could think of was uh, Temple of Doom. Ah, uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. fan. Um, mm -hmm. but now that I'm saying it, it's like that that image of the fan in kind of the smoky, dimly lit room. It, mm -hmm. You know, it just seems so prevalent in so many different movies. I'll let, I'll let you have that. It doesn't have to be a big industrial fan. You can go okay, with a, like, I, a ceiling fan. Yeah, I'm going to go with that because I just can't think of anything okay. else. Okay. If you open it up to that, there's another one I'll mention that I thought of that was kind of cool, and that's Army sure. of Darkness. Yes. When he puts the windmill onto the, uh -huh, on the front right. of the car. That's good stuff. That's right. That's <laughs> yes. But that, yeah. that sort of stretches, you know, the, mean, the, the plan a little, but that's Come a solid one. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had kind of a short list, and I know one of mine is not really a fan. Um, it's more of a more of like an airplane engine. Mm. Uh one of them I gotta go with the airplane engine and face off. Sure. Okay. No, and that that plays a, a role in the movie. Um one of the other ones was the the fan in Willy Wonka. I feel like there are a lot of industrial fans in Alien 3. Yeah, Alien makes use of fans. Yeah, I, well, yeah, pretty much all the Alien movies at some point, yeah. you're, you're dealing with industrial-sized fans. The one, though, that I wanted to go with because it was such a memorable moment in the movie, and I and I watched this movie way too young, um, but it was one of the most memorable moments in the whole movie, is all of the giant industrial fans on Mars in Total Recall. Oh, oh yeah. sure. Remember, you remember that scene when they shut down the, when he shuts down the fans so that there's no oxygen? Or the oxygen will eventually run out, and you just have everybody coming out in the streets and watching those fans slow to a stop. Right. Yeah, I, I just I vividly remember that moment in the movie and thinking, "Oh, well, that's not good." Mm -hmm. So that's going to be mine. I'm going to go with the giant fans and Total Recall. Well done. Yeah. So that was your, Pat. Was that your kind of your final answer? Was I'm going to do that just because I I just can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to okay. go with Temple of Doom because I just okay. can't get. Yeah. Okay, that works. That works. All right, number three, best Sly Stallone movie where he plays a cop. Stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> that's a good one. I didn't even think of that one, but that's... First thing that popped into my head, I'm like, I don't really mean that, but it's too funny not to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is a good one. You know, I, I have a soft spot in my heart. It's a genre movie, and it is not a great film, but I have a soft spot in my heart for Demolition Man. Yeah. That's that's my answer. Yeah. Like, I, I really like that movie. Like, I, I know that quality-wise, it may not be the best movie in the world, but it's, it's just a lot of fun. It it's, is. The comedy that he tries in this movie that kind of falls flat, like I said earlier, I think he it, it took him a few years, but I think he got it right when he did Demolition Man. Mm -hmm. And he and uh, he and Wesley Snipes have mm -hmm. a a back and forth thing that works. Mm -hmm. Sandra uh, Bullock is hilarious in that one. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I that's that's I don't I don't know if I want to say that's one of my favorite movies, but I really like that movie. Yeah, there's definitely a soft spot. I got a soft spot for that one. Mm -hmm. 
just even looking when I looked it up to confirm what my brain was telling me, like even some of the images on IMDb, I was like, yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Him in that uniform. (laughs) Oh yeah. And the the three seashells. Yeah. (laughs) And that Taco Bell has taken over everything. Yeah. I I think it's funny when he has to go to the bathroom, he just goes over the wall and starts cussing and then collects all Mm -hmm. the tickets. Right. Yeah, that's. I don't remember who I was talking to. Was I? Maybe it was Jeff, but it was. Just, I feel like it was several months ago, and I was talking to somebody, and I and we were talking about Demolition Man, and I said, "Yeah, actually, I have the uh, the entire comic book adaptation of Demolition Man." And they just kind of looked at me like, first of all, they made a comic book of that movie." Well, yeah, so that's step one. And, but you know, and you have all of them. Yes, I do, and it's amazing. Leave me alone. I'm gonna go back over here and start knitting now. Right, the car. The car mm-hmm. in Demolition Man. Yeah. Like, looking through the images as we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I got to see that again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, Demolition Man's my answer. That'll be my answer, too. That's what I thought okay. of. Yeah. I mean, okay. Copland's okay, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know. It's a more serious, I mean, it's a serious movie. And... Oh, Copland. Yeah, Copland. I, knew I forgot something. Mm-hmm. I see Copland. I kind of thought you'd go with that one, Pat. Yeah. You know what, guys? I'm sorry. I got to, I, I totally, I was sitting here. I'm telling Debbie, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Demolition Man is definitely fun, but but Copland, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my answer. I've just never been as into Copland, but it's probably a better. You know what? I'm gonna guarantee it is. It is a better move. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's a different tool for a different job. You know, but I mean, Demolition like special spot in the heart. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Copland was cool because it was it was kind of like he he wasn't playing the traditional guy that he always plays. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It was something for him to stretch his legs on, and and it was. Not, a, and, yeah. Big cast in that film too. Mm-hmm. You know, another fun one, kind of along the same lines as uh, Demolition Man, would be the original Judge Dredd. I was just going to say Judge Dredd. Judge I, Dredd. Am the law. I am the law. The law. The maximum effective range <laughs> is two hundred yards. Uh-huh. We are at three hundred yards. So I ask. What are you doing down there, Judge Hershey? <laughs> Waiting for backup. It's here. <laughs> oh, that's a double whammy. Yeah. Double yeah. whammy. <laughs> yeah, I uh, went back and forth because Judge Dredd's another one, but Demolition Man wins over Judge Dredd for sure. Yeah, yeah. But they're both that similar vein, and I think the comedy landed better in Demolition Man. I think at Judge Dredd, it was a caricature of a caricature, and it just took a, I think it took too long of a walk for the funny. Yeah. In Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. And there were times when I wasn't sure they were actually trying to be funny in Judge Dredd. With Demolition Man, I knew they were trying to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> did you see uh did you see Dredd, the remake of Judge I did Dredd? not. Oh. I did. I liked it. I did too. And All I right, good it. to know. It I will definitely, put that on the summer list. It's it's too different. I was, like it like I I mean you either gotta want to be in, in the mood for a, like a slice oh, sure, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's uh yeah, I I thought that one was pretty awesome. I was recently bemoaning the lack of, of fun on my DVR for the summer. Now that all the fall shows, now that all the, you know, the seasons are ending. So mm-hmm. I've been looking for some stuff to fill time. So dread it is. Now we've done this one on the podcast, but nobody mentioned it. Nobody was going to go with Cobra. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not saying you have to, I'm just saying. No, it just, it didn't. It was one that it didn't even pop to my mind until I looked through the IMDB list. Mm-hmm. I came up with Demolition Man, Judge Dredd, and Copland on my own. Yeah. And then I confirmed what I was thinking. But Cobra was one of those, even though 
it was a podcast movie, it didn't. So I was like, I obviously didn't care for it enough. Yeah. <laughs> Part of it is I think I wasn't there for that episode. So I watched it, but then mm-hmm. I never discussed it. So it sort of right. occupies right. disposable memory. <laughs> right. I don't deal with psychos. I put them away. <laughs> but it's funny because mm-hmm. that line is a classic that I knew even before I watched the movie. Because mm-hmm, that, <laughs> that's that good. You're a disease. I'm the cure. Yeah. <laughs> And what was that in that one at the very beginning of the movie? Isn't he eating pizza with scissors? Yes. Didn't we, and we laughed about that. But the, oh, you know what? It was it was a few weeks ago. I was talking people to somebody else. Yeah, and people really do that. Yeah, people have scissors in their kitchen for their pizza. To yeah, somebody said they had. Somebody said they have pizza scissors. Was that yeah. you, Bo? You talking no, about this? It wasn't me, but I've seen it. And I'm just sitting there going, "Wait a minute! Whoa, whoa, whoa. strangest this thing I've ever seen." Actual thing that pe- people have pizza scissors. Yeah. And I just thought it was something goofy. They were just trying to show that he's like this eccentric. You know, he's, I not, think it, he's not bothered to get up and go get an actual knife or anything else. He's just going to use scissors. I think it's the rest of the country that has these big New York foldable slices that they can mm-hmm. actually cut with scissors. Mm-hmm. You try to cut a solid Chicago style pizza with scissors, oh, you're going to lose, son. No. <laughs> that's, that's not happening. <laughs> but those New York slices, mm-hmm. you know, like a hot knife through butter. Right, right. All right. Uh, the question of three and a half is just for Pat. Pat, what's the best movie in which uh, Sylvester Stallone plays a race car driver? Okay, so uh, <laughs> I thought we I thought we agreed that we weren't going to sp- uh, speak of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't. Have I that. had <laughs> a bad experience. Man, they call me deaf. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just had to get that one in there. You don't have to answer. No, no, no. I don't. I think I think we know the answer. We do know the answer. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on to question number four, then. What yeah. is your so, Pat? You will be happier with this question. I will be. Yeah, I was just trying to bridge the gap from you know Sylvester Stallone movies to you know we're talking about cars in this next question. So I was just trying to bridge the gap between those two. That's all I was doing. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Whatever, okay. man. It's, it's how I sleep at night. You, you go ahead. You go ahead and watch that. You go ahead and watch that, and then you tell me. Okay. I'll watch it sometime. Working my entire life to just convince people that racing's exciting and racing's a good thing, and then to put that out there. <laughs> okay, well, now you've made me want to watch this movie. <laughs> Go right ahead. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look. I'll let you know how I feel. But you've it. been warned, is I think I, what he's I, trying I clearly, to say. I clearly have been warned, so I'll, you know, it'll be, maybe I'll just watch it at a time when I don't really need to be fully paying attention to it. Tell people to go watch Grand Prix. Tell people to go watch Lama, and I get called snooty. But go right ahead. You can go ahead and watch that. Mm-hmm. Be my okay. guest. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! It's your podcast. You could curse everybody out and take a dump on the show, and we'd have to sit here. So you just go ahead. All right. Now we know how Pat really feels. <laughs> yes, we do. Oh. All right. Number four. Favorite tricked-out vehicle in a movie. Oof. Movie Pat. or movie or TV show? Uh, you do movie or TV show. Oh, yeah, I was going to – oh, shoot. I thought I had a chance of getting it narrowed down. Bo, what 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 say you? Well, hold on. I want to look at the original because in my head – oh, it does say in a movie. Dang it. I got to think about it a little more. Shoot. Well, I'll, I'll let you do a TV show if you want to do a TV show. Because the last question was movie or TV show. So I well, so I was going to go with Kit from Knight Rider. Okay. No, that's, uh, that's, but, but now, that's a valid choice. Now I want to think about it for another second just in case. You can, you can go with Kit. That's fine. But didn't it start with like a two-hour special movie premiere? Don't all, all those shows do that? It might have, but that's still a little still a little much. I'm going to do a quick look and just see if anything jumps out at me. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, Pat, you have your your ten or twelve. Uh, yeah, I've got my I've got my ten or twelve hundred. But okay. Uh, so okay, but sticking to the to the spirit of the question, uh, I said the tumbler from the the um, uh, Dark Knight and Batman. Yeah, Batman, Batman Begins. Begins, and yeah. I just think that thing was just awesome, and uh, um, just a cool vehicle. A cool conception. I think it's been at the top of like several of my lists, including what's the greatest Batmobile. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when that thing hit the screen, it was just like, "What are we looking at? This is outstanding!" And it had all sorts of different little like, you know, thingamaboppers and doodads and stuff that would help it fly through the air and jump over things and grapple with things. And you know, it was armed and it could go fast. And I, I, I just thought that thing was pretty cool. So, so that's mine, and then I'll I'll let you you uh, say yours, and then I'll throw my other ones in there that you know got me excited. Okay, I, I mean I think mine are going to be some of the obvious ones. I was thinking like the Batmobile, the original Batmobile from '89. Okay. Um, yeah. I had Kit was on my list if if we were kind of expanding it to TV, but then also if we were expanding it to TV, um, I was also thinking um, the Batmobile from the '60s TV sure. show too mm-hmm. would totally go with that one. Um, I was thinking of the uh, 007's Aston Martin from Skyfall. I was just going to say, I wasn't thinking of the one from Skyfall, but I was going to say... Any Bond car? Any Aston Martin. (laughs) And then if you expand the name, any Bond car. I mean, how do you Mm -hmm. not mention the Lotus that can go underwater? Yeah. How do you not mention the BMW BMW from... um, Gosh, it's one of the two first two Pierce Brosnan ones. Tomorrow Never Dies. Where he could drive it with the phone. Yeah. Yes, that was that was, uh, that was tomorrow never dies. Right? Yeah, that wasn't Goldeneye. No, I knew that mm-hmm. much, but I could never remember what his other two. So is the is the Lotus? Is that the Spy Who Loved Me? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, now, drive nice and slow into the water like nothing. Like, are, John, are you talking about the, the Aston Martin? Are you talking about the one where it was the retro one that he had in storage? Yep. Yeah. Okay, the one that was from uh, uh, the '60s bonds. Yes. Yeah, oh, I'm looking God. at a picture of it now. It's beautiful. That is just and the way they used it in Skyfall was outstanding. Sky Skyfall did Skyfall took a lot of heat for being what it was. I really liked it. I dug it. I that's I, you know I I think it's my favorite Bond and it, it's in my back top to the, five. Back to the Bond roots, like showing in the the Bond family yeah. estate. It was mm-hmm. good. What heat did it take? It just because it wasn't traditional Bond because it was him and M on a on an estate. Oh, but, you know, okay. it was just not. It wasn't classic Bond, and I'll give him that. It wasn't. All right. Well, I'm going to say spoilers. But I thought it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm saying spoilers. Oh, sorry. I'm counting to five. Go for it. And I'm just going to say, when he gets on the estate and they booby trap the estate, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're just like, okay, well, the car is there. Is the car? Wait, wait. He's in the driver's seat. Wait, they are not going to have. And then the headlights pipe up, and it's like, okay, this is the greatest movie ever. That's yeah. it. You should be given the Oscar for the greatest movie ever because right? that's awesome. I mean, it's just that it's was so fantastic. good. Yeah, I know. And so that good. whole M's monologue where she's in the, the yeah. hearing chamber, and right when she gets done, and she's she's reading the poem, and then the guy busts in, and then all of us, oh my gosh! And then the new the 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 you know Voldemort that uh, ends up being the new M. I mean, he oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's probably of the newer Bond movies. That's probably oh yeah, favorite. of the newest. You yeah. know, from maybe say from Dalton forward, that's probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah. 
Go that back, one, go that back one, before that one, Dalton, Royale, you got some work to do. Yeah, That's a tough one. It could still rise to the top five, easy. But top one, I'd have to think about a little harder. Mm-hmm. There we go, guys. A whole episode on Bond. Well, that would be like several episodes. That's an interesting um, anniversary episode, though. It could be. We have yeah. to figure out how to slice it up, but that would be interesting. Yeah. Sorry, I digress. No, that... Interce- right. uh, Interceptor from Mad Max. Yes. You guys, this is totally working through my list. This is pretty cool. <laughs> well, I mean, there's just keep... so much good stuff. What else you got, Pat? Um, well, I basically, yeah, I had the V8 Interceptor. I had the Tumblr was my number one, but any of the Batmobiles. I mean, that's kind of what that thing is. I had the the uh, Aston Martin DB5 um, Bonds. Then I kind of started going outside. I had Kit um on there then i started going outside the box and i had airwolf oh because yeah. it technically it said vehicle so yeah, i yeah. i i mean um airwolf what a cool helicopter and that thing was i mean it definitely was a tricked out thing so that one uh was pretty awesome i had um sky captain in the world of tomorrow oh yeah mm-hmm. i had the p40 warhawk that he flew around in okay I, I mean how how wicked awesome is that i thought that was great um, and then I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I'm I'm stretching this question like every possible angle. I have uh, the Iron Man suit. Mm. Okay. I don't I don't know if that counts as a vehicle and all that, um, but I mean, it, like in the original Iron Man, the later ones, I, you know, it's cool with all the little, you know, where it just kind of pops out and digitizes around his body, and you know, they talk about nano probes or nanos or whatever the heck. Whatever the heck those little guys that like in from Star Trek that went around and fixed the ship and everything now yeah. had them nanites. Nanites, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the original Iron Man costume, when he was first testing the thing mm-hmm. and kind of flying around his lab, and then he's like, Yep, we're gonna go, you know, we're gonna move outside. Jarvis is like, Sir, I don't recommend that. And he's like, Sometimes you gotta before you can walk. And he takes out and he's like test flying it. I I'm like, that's pretty sweet. So I, I don't know if that's pushing the question, you know, beyond its limits, but I'd say if we can, I'd say the Iron Man costume. Well, for pushing the question that way, I guess I'd go uh, Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon would be another one, man. Mm-hmm. That would be another one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's throw the Millennium Falcon on there. Yeah. But then, yeah, the P-40, the Airwolf, and then the rest, you know, I'd love to say every other cool vehicle, but that's not the nature of the – it's the tricked out thing. You right. Know? Right. Okay, here's my last one. The uh, uh, The heavily armed recreational vehicle from Stripes. Then yes, that's a good one. What do you have? Well what do you mean? I got we got one heavily armed recreational heavily vehicle. Armed recreational vehicle, very nice. So there we go. All right, do we get everybody's? Uh, Bo, you went with Kit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then, final of the five questions: What is your favorite prison break in a movie or TV show? <sighs> this was a tough one. Yeah. Because there is a lot of really good ones. Yeah. Um, I I kept coming back to it, so it's what I'm going to say. The Fugitive. Mm. Okay. Well, not really a break so much as a happenstance escape. I'm picturing, when, when I'm thinking prison break, I'm thinking the entire scene. Okay. You know, the whole, the chase part, the, the initial chase part. I mean, the whole movie's about yeah. them chasing yeah. him. But, um. But no, I kept coming a, back to that one. Didn't even think of that one. That's a good one. 
Because, well, I'll admit, it's sort of a reach because it's not really a break so much as an accident that he gets away from. Mm-hmm. But, and I have, I have others, but I will wait until. Okay. What do you say, John? Well, I had a, I had a short list of five. And I think from these five, I think I can narrow it down. Uh, so my short list was Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, I guess when I consider the entire movie a prison break, because he's working on it the whole time. Uh, Face Off. Mm. Love that one with the magnetic boots and all that stuff. Uh, Con Air. It's another fun one. Mm. Uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, the 2002 movie. Yeah, that one was mm-hmm. on my list. Mm-hmm. That one. Like that one. Um, just for fun, and because I loved this one as a kid, and I loved how clever it was and, and everything they did with it. Um, I think I'm going to make this my answer, even though I think I, I might I might like The Count of Monte Cristo or I might like Face Off a little bit better. I'm going to go with Star Trek VI. Good one. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with that one. Because as a kid, I was like, how are they going to get out of this, uh, off, off this planet? Like, the whole planet's a prison. How are they going to get off this? How are they going to... And just the whole scene from... The, from Uhura trying to speak Klingon to you know them trying to get outside the the shield so they can uh, get beamed up and just the whole process of that whole prison break, um, just love that part of that movie. So that's the one I'm going with. Nice. I would have to say the Great Escape. There you go. That doesn't yeah. surprise me. That was on my list. Yeah, I mean, and everything else you guys mentioned, um, everything else you guys mentioned was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah, that's all. I mean, that's all on my list, the whole thing. But I think Great Escape is, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. The only one I saw that the only one that was on my list that we haven't mentioned yet was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I, you know what, I had that one on my list. I just didn't put it in my top five. Yeah, it was. But it. Yeah, that I, I we love that movie. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's a great soundtrack too. It really is. It's another thing over and over again. Uh, well, sir, um, not all of us are able to sign our names. <laughs> I have no name. Well, that may be why you have trouble finding gainful employment. <laughs> all right. Okay, well, that's it for our five questions. Do we have anything else we want to say about Tango and Cash before we break for the evening? Fun cop movie. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you'd like those type of movies, I think you'll like this despite its obvious flaws. Yeah, I. That's all I want to say. I mean, I, I think you said it right. All right. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us this time for Tango and Cash. Um, we are now for us. This will seem kind of weird because it's it's a little bit in the past, but uh, we are only one episode away from our two hundred and fiftieth. So uh, next time. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. So we got that coming up. Uh, so our next episode will be Roadhouse. Uh, will be episode number 249, Roadhouse. And then our episode number 250, which we did a, a 250th extravaganza where Jeff kind of took us through our favorite 80s cartoons of all times, uh, of all time. And so we got those coming up. So uh, this one was Tango and Cash 248. We got Roadhouse coming up 249. And I will say, I had never seen that movie before. Roadhouse? I had never seen Roadhouse. And, oh, and then I watched it and it actually, I kept hearing that it, it was it got bad reviews and people panned it as being a bad movie. And I watched it and I'm like, you know what? I actually had a lot of fun watching this. Yeah. So I'm telling you straight. It's mm-hmm. my way or the highway. Highway. 
it's been years since I've seen it. So okay. I'm looking forward to watching it this week. Right. Well, it elevated being uh, a bouncer to like a thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. It, it, uh, there's like, it's like a whole movie about that, like, supposed culture. Well, and you got, you end up having Sam Elliott and Patrick Swayze in a fist fight with yeah. a whole bunch of other big guys. So, yeah. This is every, every time you get to one of those scenes, especially when the two of them are fighting together, just, okay, we're, we're in for some fun. Oh, yeah. Don't, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, coming up after that, if you want to kind of get into the groove of what our next episodes will be, kind of looking ahead through the rest of the summer, we've got in the month of July, we're coming up on Uncle Buck, um, Born on the Fourth of July, Look Who's Talking, Parenthood, The Fabulous Baker Boys, and then I think we're going to try to do maybe at the end of July, we're going to try to do kind of a summer blockbuster roundup. So any of us who have been able to make it to some of the different summer movies that are happening this year, um, I've got a couple that I want to try to go see and you know, if you guys get a chance to see any, uh, I'm thinking we might just do an episode where we just kind of talk through some of the different uh, summer blockbusters that that uh, came out this year and just kind of do a, a wrap-up show for that kind of stuff. Then as we get into August, we've got Steel Magnolias, Ghostbusters 2, Weekend at Bernie's, and Always. There you go. So those are our next, uh, after after this month is over, those are our next two months for the rest of the summer. And, uh, and then we kind of get on into... Um, we, we get very close to, I know one of Dennis's kind of favorite times of the year and the October movies and the horror movies. And I apologize in advance for that, Pat, because I know those are not your favorite. Uh, I'll do what I can. Done, of the years we've done the podcast, you've actually done pretty well. Yeah. I've hung in there pretty good. You've, you've soldiered through most of the Octobers and you've done fine. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, thank you, Bowen. Thank you, Pat, for being here. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. All right, everybody be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies and we'll see you back here next time. <laughs>